This episode of the Doctors of Running podcast is sponsored by Running Warehouse. Summer is all about logging miles and gearing up for the busy fall racing season. New daily trainers from Hoka, Skechers, Adidas, and more are ready to help you tackle your training. The Hoka Clifton 9 has been a favorite of the team in 2023. The shoe still provides the max cushion and lightweight feel of its predecessors with a responsive new midsole and surprisingly generous upper. For those looking for something soft and fun, the new Skechers Go Run Ride 11 and Max Road 6 feature one of the squishiest new foams of the year with the introduction of Hyperburst Ice. And finally, for those looking for a shoe with all the bells and whistles as you prepare for fast marathon miles, the revamped Adidas Boston 12 provides a return to form with a new Light Strike 2.0 midsole that helps make the newest Boston feel lighter and softer than ever before. You can find all these new trainers and more at runningwarehouse.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doctors of Running podcast, where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and science of running and the stuff that we put on our feet. Today, we have a full roundtable. I'm Nathan. I'll be hosting today. We also have Dr. Matthew Klein and Dr. David Salas, and we have a very special guest with us. Um, it is Connor Blaylock, but you probably know him as Connor from Running Warehouse. Uh, so we have Connor with us. Thank you so much for joining, Connor. You forgot the goat part. <laughs> thank you, thank you, David. That is very, very important. Really happy to be here, and uh, yeah, let's talk some shoes. Let's talk running. Let's get at it. Great. Yes. Yeah, so we have Connor the Goat Blaylock from Running Warehouse. Is that better, David? Hit all the hit all the things. Okay. Um, but if you don't know Connor, he is in charge of all of the video content. So he's kind of the video content lead for Running Warehouse. You see him interacting a lot with different running shoe companies in their videos on YouTube and everything. Um, getting kind of those first looks at the new models that are coming out. So what we're going to do today is we're going to dive into a little bit of what it's like to work in a position that he has. And since it's a person that has so much experience with all the shoes that have been coming out this year, we're going to end the episode where we each go through our top five shoes of the beginning of 2023. That's the year it is, right? So this is the, we're through halfway through 2023. We're going to talk about our favorite five shoes from any category. um, And we'll hit that at the end. So Connor, what we want to ask first is, I know you're the video content lead, but tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day entails, and then you know what are some things about your job that we might not know, even though that we see you on the screen often. Yeah, you know, there's a lot that goes into the job behind the scenes that a lot of people don't really realize, because you know, you're, you put the video up, people see the final product, it looks pretty, but a lot goes into these videos. You know, people think that maybe we do them right a day before two days before and they go live but a lot of these videos we're doing it's it's taking months in advance you know we're, we're meeting up with the brands uh four or five months out getting this product in hand talking going back and forth uh producing the video and then it comes back we edit it we have it all ready to go um and then it goes live on launch day and that's one of the things that uh, is kind of crazy is we get these videos done so early, but a lot of times we have to hold on to these videos because we've got strict rules from the brand. Uh, but it is always excited, uh, exciting to get it up and live and let the people see the magic. And I think what's interesting about your position too, is you're not just the person making these videos. You're a runner, you're a good runner and you run a lot. Um, and so you kind of bring that mix of perspectives. Um, can you tell us also a little bit about your kind of running history and how long you've been running and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I've been running for about 20 years now. I did my first race about seven or eight years old, did my first half marathon at nine years old. 
Wow. Uh, you know, maybe not uh, something that should have been done, but I did it. Broke two hours, which was a big deal at the time. I don't think I even knew how crazy it was. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I kept running for fun through middle school and then in high school. Really got into it probably about 15 years old. Ran through college. Ran post-collegiately with the Hoka Aggies. And here we are today. So, you know, 20 years of lots and lots of miles, ups and downs. Uh, have ran against David before. Uh, I yeah, think we raced yeah, maybe we, three uh, or four years ago. <laughs> who won? Connor. You know, I, I took the W, but I will only take it because David was maybe a month into training. So <laughs> Yeah, it was literally I, like I had just started running again. Yeah, I remember like kicking really hard. Like, like I'm going to get this guy. And I did. I, like we were at the line and I didn't get him. And I just remember oh, being wow. like, yeah, we finished. And I was like, wait a second. Are you? You're, you're Connor. I know you. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Well, I yeah. forgot about that story. That's great. Yeah, that was. So let's. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, David. No, no, that was. Yeah, that was four ish years ago. Three, four years ago. Yeah. Wow. So if we kind of cycle back to all of this prep work that goes in, um, tell us a little bit about that process of, of meeting with the companies, how much experience you get in these shoes before you create these videos. What does that process look like or is it company dependent? Yeah, you know, there, there's so much variability because we're doing, you know, if you look at a normal year, we're putting out maybe 250 to 350 videos a year. So a lot of videos are coming through and there's lots of different types of videos. We've got our in-house videos that we, we get samples maybe six months in advance. We take a look at it. We look at all the details. We don't really get to try these shoes. A lot of people maybe... Uh, are wondering like, oh, do you get to test these that far in advance when we do our first looks? But usually it's a sample size. I can maybe slip one shoe on my foot and we, uh, we give the people just the basic specs. Then we'll go out and a lot of our more designer deep dives will talk with the product line managers. We'll talk with the designers. And that's something where, you know, maybe three, four months out, we'll go out to their headquarters or bring them in and we get the full deep dive on a shoe. So that's really where we get to see every part of the shoe and really get the behind the scenes on, uh, you know, the specs, the, the hidden stories that you don't get to hear about. And uh, that's really fun because, you know, these designers pour their hearts and souls into these shoes. And a lot of people don't get to hear those stories. Uh, then there's the athlete stories. So that's probably m- one of my favorite. You know, we get to go out and... Uh, hang out with Jared Ward in Utah for a week, Um, hang out with the people you see on TV. And that's really exciting because one, they're, they're stars in my mind, but then when you get to meet them, they're just normal people. They're, they're cool guys. It's fun to go out and do workouts with them, see how fast they are in person and how much work they're putting in. Someone like Jared Ward, we went out and trained with, trained with him in altitude and man, what he is doing is just, it, it's no there's no doubt in my mind that he was an Olympian because uh, he's just superhuman. Uh, and it's also fun on that note, you get to see some of the secret shoes that are coming down the road because the athletes, other than me, the athletes are the ones that are getting a lot of these really secret shoes that uh, are pretty wild. Right. And well, can we segue right from that about something you kind of shared is you not only work for running warehouse, but you are a sample size. So does that like lead you to be privy to testing shoes for these companies? Cause those wear testers influence what ends up coming in the industry. So is that something that you get to do? Oh, for sure. I mean, so I'm sample size, size nine, 
And pretty much every company other than maybe Nike and Ultra are size nine samples. So I'm trying every shoe, uh, one that comes in the building when shoes come out. So I get every shoe on my foot, try it out, and I'm testing most of those. But then in the months prior, um, I'm, I'm probably, there's five or six brands right now that I'm on a regular testing cycle that I'm testing all the exciting stuff. I can't try everything, but a lot of the race stuff, a lot of the innovation stuff. Uh, so I'll do that. And then sometimes when the real crazy stuff, I can be working on shoes a year and a half, two years, sometimes two and a half years out. So, you know, there, there's been cases where, you know, the more four hadn't came out yet and I was already testing the more six. <laughs> so you That's get to be wild. way, so this could be better, good or bad where you can get the like really early stages with either you could be like, whoa, this is cool or, oh, like what, what is going on here? So. Exactly. That's and I have yet to get injured too bad. There's been a couple shoes and, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of testing with Skechers for a bit and I got a couple of there that were, they were trying to blend lifestyle with running, doing some really wacky things with using like insoles as the midsole cushioning. And I tested a couple of those and, you know, I, I had to take them off and be like, I, I can't, I can't use those. So I definitely prioritize my health first. If I notice anything weird, I, I, I don't test it. I've had one instance where I, I was wear testing a very early prototype and um, it took me out for like six weeks because it was a, uh, I got like this weird muscular strain. So it was, I, it, and it was, it was pretty early in the doctors of running years when we kind of had some of those opportunities. And so I didn't have the, the forethought or like the confidence to say, Hey, this isn't the right shoe for me right now because it's going, it could be, it could be poor for me, even though I knew I didn't have the confidence to kind of act forward in that. So that's smart that you've got that, um, that kind of in your, the forefront of your mind. And, and I, I've worn thousands of shoes over the years, like legit thousands. So I'm so good that I can put on a shoe and very quickly know if it's going to work for me. Very rarely do I put on a shoe and say, this is not going to work, and then it ends up working. So I've got a pretty good eye and feel for shoes, and I'm sure you guys are in a similar boat. Are you guys, where do you think you're at in terms of shoes you've tried on over the years? I feel like, I feel like I'm getting there. Like, I feel like you put the shoe on, you start like walking, you start jogging, like do a couple of steps, you're like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, I, I like this, and I think I'm going to like this when I run. Then you do, and then you actually do like it when you run, and it all kind of lines up. Yeah, I've I've had rarely at this point, you know, because we're how many years? Matt, when did you ask me to do it this, was 2018? 20, yeah, 2018? Yeah, it was 2018, yeah. So five, five years That's in was for, for yeah. me, and I can definitely say that from then to now, my ability to know if a shoe's going to work for me is is very much improved. I found a lot of it for me has to do with, certain things with fit and then the type of stiffness that's in the shoe and if it lines up for me. But, um, yeah, I, I've rarely had a, a situation where I put on a shoe. I really don't like it. And then I go run in it. And I'm like, actually, yeah, I do like this. Um, the one that I can think of is the Adios pro two. I ran in that shoe the first time right after like my marathon. And I think my body was just so fatigued that it just was I was like falling off the outside. I'm like, how do you even run in this thing? And then a month later, 
I tried it again and I ended up like PRing my five mile race in that shoe and it felt great. And I think it was more that fatigue state. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I've rarely had it where I put on a shoe and go for a run and don't like it. And then a couple runs later, it starts to work for me. Usually it's pretty consistent. Yeah. And, and that's actually a really good point because I, I think even sometimes too, you hear from people and they, you know, they buy a shoe and they say, ah, you know what? I took this out for a run. Doesn't work. I'm returning it. And sometimes you know, but there's a lot of times, especially when I get up 80, 90 miles a week, when your body's beat up, sometimes the shoe just doesn't feel as good. It doesn't have that pop. You bring it out a day, you're fresh, and it almost feels like a new shoe. And then on, mm-hmm. on, the, same, on the same end, when you're out of shape, you know, I've, I've had some times when I'm coming back in and I'm like, wow, you know, this shoe... I, the, the one that I can think of recently was uh, the Razor or the, the, the Skechers Speed Elite. That was my top workout shoe when I was fit. And I came back not fit, and I'm like, what? This shoe doesn't have anything. But sometimes that is when you're in peak shape, you have that efficiency, the shoe just works really, really well with your body. So that is another thing to keep in mind as well. So in that vein, I'm curious to hear, I know you talk about you put a shoe on, you kind of know if it's going to work for you. What characteristics of shoes do you feel like you gravitate towards personally? Oh, yeah. Uh, Very easy. As a higher mileage person, I I am in the ballpark of higher stack, the better. I do like to change things up a little bit. I don't like to be in a high stack every day, but more V4, Nimbus 25, uh, high stack shoes with new foams that are really soft, really cush. I, I just love. And then a geometry is really important, something that's smooth, something that just makes running easy feel easy. And then for, for workout day, I, I've been going more carbon plate stuff more recently. I do mix it up a little bit, but I think uh, carbon plates now are probably half of my workout day shoes. Yeah, that makes sense. Matt or David, do you want to add on, like, when what sort of things do you typically find that if it's a shoe that's going to work for you, it has these factors do you have any thoughts I'm, about that? I'm curious to hear from David because I feel like I people probably know that I'm looking for a heel bevel and complain about <laughs> yeah, it all yeah, the time. So they probably already know what I'm looking for. So I hear from David. Heel bevel, heel bevel and all the rocker stuff, yeah. geometry, some solid sidewalls, some soul yeah. flaring. <laughs> They've all I think, heard I, it, I, think so I could make this shoe for you without. You probably could, yeah. Um, no, I mean, for me, it's really hard because we always joked that I kind of have this unicorn foot, right? That like I can pretty much put anything on and it doesn't injure me. Um, I've been surprised by several shoes where I'm like, I don't know about this. And then I end up really liking the shoe, you know, and it, it's happened to me more times than I probably would like to admit, you know, where I'm not sold on it. And then I am sold on it. And I'm like, no, that is the shoe. Um, but I think for the most part, the gut instinct that ends up working, you know, as far as like you put it on, you start running in it and like that first one or two runs you do, you're like, no, this is it. Like, like those gut feelings, I think still stand true. And most of those shoes still end up being my favorites down the line. So I think one of the things that I notice, it, it's really funny cause I'm going to say boring, but I mean, I mean it in the nicest way possible. Like (laughs) some of the most boring traditional shoes have been the ones that I gravitate towards the most. And I mean, we'll get into this later into the show, but for like daily training miles, like the Saucony Ride 16, it's just EVA. It's just a power on midsole. Like that's been a shoe that's worked really well for me. The Topo Phantom 3, like it's just their zip foam, you know, like 
it's just a basic shoe that like has about a middle stack height with a slight rocker to it. Nothing dramatic. Has a little bit of flexibility. You know, it's kind of like middle of the line on almost everything. I was having this conversation with someone the other day, and it's almost like if you went into a video game not knowing anything, and you just picked the middle character that just kind of has balanced stats, you'd probably be okay. Like going through the storyline. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of, I feel like, where I fall. Like the shoes that I like as far as daily mileage goes. With the performance shoes, it's it's kind of funny because I feel like I do hit a, a, a polarizing split where when I'm going fast and when I'm on the track and when I'm doing workouts, I like slightly more flexible shoes where I can do what I want and I can kind of transition the way I like to, like the way my body wants to transition. But I do like some of that stiffness and more responsiveness when I'm really trying to go fast, when I'm trying to race and do those types of things. But I don't always like it for regular workouts. So hopefully that answers it. I don't like, I feel like that might yeah. be TMI, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. David, right, right when you said boring shoe, the, the, in my head, before you even said it, I was thinking the Saucony Ride. Let's go. Because, <laughs> yes. Because that is a shoe that I actually wear a good amount. And it's one of those shoes that. It, uh, look, it is boring, but it, like half the my, half of my mileage, I just want a shoe that I don't even think about. You don't need a high stack shoe. You don't need a low to the ground shoe. You don't need a carbon plate. You just want the basic cushioning to get you through the miles and you don't think about. And I, I feel like the ride does a really good job at that. That's awesome. Uh, Connor, our next question for you uh, kind of relates to some of this stuff that we just highlighted as different features of shoes from from your spot and kind of everything that you've seen and what you see coming what sort of patterns or trends are you seeing in the industry and what do you expect to happen yeah this is a question that comes out comes up a lot i was actually just at western states uh with nike and we we were talking with the designers about this because you know everyone's always looking a year two year sometimes with nike they're looking three four five years out um, and I, I think this is kind of a tough question, especially because we've had such crazy technology breakthroughs over the past four or five years with super foams. You know, what Vaporfly did just revolutionized the sport and got everyone thinking differently. So look, super foams and carbon plates are the easy answer here because it has made such a big difference. And I think there's still room to go further. I think we can get some more responsive foams. We can do things to make them softer, firmer, better efficiencies. We can do things with plates that can work with the foams differently. Um, so I, I think there's still room there, but I think that's also the easy answer. And I, I, I think there's only so much further we can get. We've made such big improvements in the super foams that I think now it's going to be small improvements each year and every, every few years. I think the one place that we haven't seen maybe quite as drastic of a play, and we have seen a play in a in a sense, but I think there's a lot more potential and room to get more aggressive, is in geometries of the shoes. And one shoe that I think of that really kind of put the brand back on the map because no one was thinking about it was Mizuno. Mizuno, Pro, yeah. you know, other than maybe if you've worn a Rider or Inspire, and you just you've been on it year after year. There's not really a reason why I have been able to recommend that brand over the past four or five years. Rebellion Pro came out, and you know we've got people like Shunsuke on the Mizuno team who 
Yes, you got you got you got the orange. I got the you got your the camo behind me. Um, but they have gone all out on this, and you know they they saw at the Ekaden that everyone was wearing Nike, and they couldn't look away from it anymore. They had to go in, and Mizuno's been on plates uh, for a long time. So when that shoe came out, they did they got a nice foam. They did uh, some cool things with the plates. And then I think the biggest thing with that shoe is the radical geometry of the shoe. And when you go through your stride in it, it almost feels like a mechanical uh, advantage in how it kind of propels you. And I've been seeing what they've been doing over the next couple versions, going even more aggressive, doing even more wild things, and seeing some other brands kind of take note of that and do their own take. And I think there is a lot more room in geometries in affecting your stride, and every stride is going to be different for a runner. So I always recommend with super super shoes, you got to try every shoe because just because it doesn't work for you for this one brand, uh, you know, or, you know, everyone's so different in their gait. Um, but to bring it all back around, the geometries, I, I think there's a lot of room to go there for both performance and for just easy running. That's cool. I think one of the things that I think about when it comes to the geometry side is exactly what you said is everyone's going to respond so differently and trying to figure out what what part of the industry is going to pick up the avenue to say, here's how you can try out these shoes and figure out how it works for you. Like there's got to be someone, you know, I think about like what Dustin Jobert is doing. He's a exercise physiologist doing research in Texas and Austin area. And, you know, he has a lab that people could bring shoes to, but it's like, how do people get 600 or a thousand dollars worth of shoes to be able to test them on themselves to see if it works mechanically and physiologically so that you don't go out and pick a shoe that really doesn't align with your strengths and then that's where my pt brain thinks about injury if someone can figure out a way to shuttle shoes i think that'd be that'd be cool that'd be a fabulous kind of model that somebody could figure out i'm sure Matt, you were going to say something too. Yeah, I think, Connor, it's good to hear you say that. I'm going to quote David, and I've done this a couple of times, that I think a lot of what's come out in terms of the foams, the plates, all that stuff, like it's there. And I think that not only, you know, there is still probably room for improvement, but I think it's like David said, and I got to quote him on this, that, that I think companies really need to refine that stuff. And probably the biggest area that hasn't been refined has been geometry and not just within super shoes and within racing shoes, but also within daily shoes that we start learning more about biomechanics and how different people really respond very differently to rockers, right? There was an assumption that not too long ago that, oh, the, just this big rockered sole, that's all you need, move forward. And then other people are like, oh, you don't want that instead of realizing, yeah, there's this is a very fluid process because so much variability in human movement that I think there's some very cool ways for people to experiment with that and start thinking beyond just a rocker or what have you, but start going, how is this part of the midsole compressing when you land here? How is that responding to this person? I think that's, I would definitely agree with you that there's a lot of cool ways that we can make shoes that not we, but companies can make shoes that get to what you talked about, where it's like, you want to make the run comfortable, right? Because I, I just had an experience where I was searching for old shoes that I ran in in high school. And I found a, I don't know if, if anybody gets this reference, was running in a, found a pair of New Balance 905s. Um, which is a lightweight, light stability shoe. And I grabbed a pair from eBay, brand new, and I just had such good memories in the shoe, and it felt so horrible. Now, probably <laughs> part of it is it's like 15-something years later, right? So there's that. But also, like, the geometry was terrible. It was so clunky, and I was like, wow, I can't believe 
we used to run in that kind of stuff and how far we've come. But at the end of the day, for, like talking from a consumer standpoint, if something's not comfortable, you're either not going to buy it or you're not going to want to run because if you're new, you're going to assume – I guess this is what running feels like. And the better we make shoes, the better we make rides and make running not necessarily easier but more enjoyable, people are going to want to start running, which only benefits companies and obviously benefits Running Warehouse because people are going to want to buy more stuff because they want to keep running. So I think geometry is a great answer. Yeah, Matt, I was just going to say that's a really good point because I have an issue of getting rid of shoes and I do have a stockpile from the past 10, 15 years And I do bring out some shoes every once in a while. And I think as runners, especially over the past couple of years, we've gotten really spoiled with how good things have gotten. And yeah, you know, I've gotten on some shoes and there actually are a few that still hold up. I've gotten on a pair of uh, Lunar Racers, some Piranhas. They, They still feel fun, but it's a lot different. And there's some shoes that I put on now that I had such good memories of and they're just junk. And it's one of those things where, you know, foams have just gotten so good. And I think there is also this, this thing where you think about this time of your life that, you know, maybe you were really fit. You were, you ran your mile PR in high school and you just have good memories. You didn't know better because you haven't tried on the shoes that you have now. And probably the biggest, uh, or one of the most interesting stories with that here at running Warehouse is with the Clifton one, everyone talked about Clifton one, bring it back. Best shoe ever, best shoe ever. So we did like, we talked with Hoka and we were able to get the Clifton one remade. And obviously when you get a a shoe remade several years later, there might be some small, small variabilities because there's different factories and whatnot. But overall the shoe was basically identical to that original Clifton one. And everyone was like, ah, no, it's not, it's no good. It's no good. And I remember this. We yeah. sat on a, a lot of pairs for a while because it just didn't have the hype. And even part of that, too, is, you know, it seems like online you have these people who love to talk about bring this back, bring this back. And you'll have like 10 people. But those are like the only 10 people who want that shoe. <laughs> I, I have so to true. give a little background information on this. This is why Nathan, David, and the whole team have to remind me that there are certain things that I find online that may not be available in this country. And several companies have had to talk to us and I'll be like, oh, I really want to try this. And Nathan's like, do not buy that. You're going to get interest from like 10 really loud people and it's going to irritate yep. the company. Like, please yep. don't do that. I know it's a cool model. I get it. Just wait. <laughs> It's not available in the United States. You can't – don't do that. But yeah, it's also interesting you you bring this up because there – uh, I got to give a shout-out to Agresta who's a great PT researcher on footwear up at UW in Washington. And one of the things that really influences your perception of, of your – of the – of a ride, right? So like how do we characterize what a shoe feels like underfoot is what we think it's for. So what – like our experiences with the shoe, all that kind of stuff – that being said, right, if you put the shoe, you're like, you're going to think, oh, this was so amazing, right? But then you put it on, your brain's going to readjust to now what you've experienced now. And you're going to go, the first couple steps might be wow. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. So it's interesting that like how much our memory and that kind of stuff will influence what we think about compared to what we're actually experiencing now. So there's this whole area of science that's going into that right now, which is really fascinating. But it touches on exactly what you talked about. Yeah, it's also interesting on, on that note, I have some shoes that, you know, maybe a carbon-plated super shoe that feels so great once you get under six-minute pace. And then other shoes that feel so great 
when you're on a you're beat up and you're going over eight minute pace and they don't work for the other end of the spectrum. But then there are some shoes right now that I've been testing that surprisingly they're carbon plated super shoes that feel really good for your fast days and still feel really good for your easy days. So it is interesting how certain shoes can work for certain uh, paces and then how certain shoes can work for every pace. Totally. So here's our kind of final question before for you before we go into the other main segment talking yeah. about all of our top five shoes of the year, which part of it is because uh, part of the reason we wanted you on for this is because of you're out of anybody, maybe in the world, you test more shoes than everybody. <laughs> um, just with the type of, you know, the sample size, foot, all, and then your position that you have. So, um, but before we talk about that, I think kind of the elephant is in the room that a lot of people ask us about, even um, as people who don't work for a company that sells shoes, like you work for a company that sells shoes. So, how do you approach that idea of, I'm going to introduce people to this new shoe? Um, if people buy it, it benefits the company I work for. How do you approach that? that reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a a tricky, uh, there's a fine line because yeah, at the end of the day we are selling shoes. So that is our main goal. But I also, as a runner, as someone who loves shoes, I want to get people in the best shoe possible for them. So a lot of times I will try to highlight, you know, what is going to be the best purpose for this shoe and really try to guide people in the right direction. You know, you, not everyone needs the carbon plated super shoe. Not everyone needs, you know, a track spike. But I think at the end of the day, I want to try to be as accurate as possible. I try to give, you know, all the specs, try to be as scientific as possible in terms of these are the facts of the shoe. And then this is what I like. Um, you know, I think one of the things that is maybe a, a balancing issue is, you know, maybe we can't be quite as negative as some of our favorite reviewers out there who sometimes will just completely trash a shoe. There have been some cases where the shoe just didn't live up to my expectations and we just, we, we don't put the, the review out because it, it's just, you know, we'll, we'll have the shoe on our site for people who want to buy it, but it's not something that we're going to endorse. No, that's super helpful. So thanks for, I, I think it was worth kind of hearing your, your take on that. Cause you know, anybody who's in a, in a position where you're teaching people about something, you have to consider that we consider our biases when it comes to even the reviews that we put out and we're not hindered by, you know, working for a company that has <laughs> stock in this stuff. So, um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. We are going to transition into talking about our top five shoes for this first half of 2023. So we're trying to reserve this for shoes that have come out in the year 2023. Um, And we're each going to go through, give our top five in a very short, maybe 30 seconds to a minute as to why that shoe is on our top five list. Um, Connor, we're going to save you for last. We'll okay. save the best for last, um, <laughs> but we'll kind of run through run through ours and and we'll go there. But Matt, we're going to start with you. Um, so why don't you why don't you give us your top five? Uh, I left it in the other room, unfortunately. Um, I will say one of my top five 
right now is actually the Kinvara Pro because it fits right with what Connor talked about where it is technically a racing shoe, but it is also meant and it was tested to be a shoe that at easier paces or slower paces, depending on who you are, it will still work for you. So that means if you're somebody that's running super duper fast, right, it's going to work for you for maybe a long run for maybe some easier efforts. If you're also somebody who's maybe not as fast, but still wants to compete or wants to have one of these shoes, you don't have to worry about some super aggressive super shoe that might potentially be something that might be too much or something that your body may not be ready for yet. And it will also work super well for you at the pace you're going. So the Kinvara Pro is one of the ones that I am really, really enjoying. I've, I've shredded the the exposed outsole. has been a little challenging for me, but hey, I got to give them, give them some credit on that. Um, so I'll say that one, Saucony Kinvara Pro has been really, really exciting. Uh, I'm trying to think. The Endorphin Elite obviously is another one not to, to profess all the love for Saucony. Part of it's me, part of also personally just watching David finally, like I do enjoy the shoe. It's not just me watching David kill his marathon in that shoe, finally complete a marathon and run a part of the potential that we see that David has. That was really exciting. And I'm, I'm really, really enjoying that shoe. Um, let's get to see some trainers here. The is super blast count. Do we that get that? That was last year. Ah. Matt, oh, doesn't Matt you've, had, you've had so much time to prepare your top five. You've I know, had, like, but I'm weeks. now thinking. Okay, give me a break. <laughs> Hold on a second. So the other other one, I have too many options. I'm second guessing myself. The Hyperion GTS from Brooks is another one just because I'm excited that people are finally bringing about the light stability stuff because we're seeing stability change a lot. And I think one of the biggest changes is just seeing them disappear so to actually still see some options for people that do want just a little bit there and yeah we talk about how to find other methods for that like kind of more natural stuff sidewalls all that kind of stuff but i'm really excited to see what brooks does and takes with this with the hyperion gts and i think a lot of people are going to be really happy with an alternative to yes and connor mentioned this that yeah high stack shoes are really fun but sometimes you might want something a little bit more flexible with just a little stability so it's really a unique ride that I'm really enjoying. I've got about 60 miles of my pair right now um, that I have been really enjoying both for fast stuff and for daily training. Um, that's three, right? That's three. I'm a PhD candidate. I can't count. Give me a break. Um, gosh, why am I second guessing this now? I'd probably say to get it more training wise, the Keanu 30 is also a favorite right now because I think what they did, it was the Keanu is just such a classic shoe, especially on its 30th round. It's such a popular shoe to change it this drastically is definitely a huge risk for Asics. And I think it took everything that we've talked about in terms of stable, neutral, and some of the concepts learned from the Keanu uh, light series that to do this and go, yes, we are actually based on what we're seeing evidence wise from personal testing, from some of the internal evidence that they're finding that they can't publish, right? Because they don't have an IRB. But to do and take this new concept and say, hey, can we evolve this in such a popular shoe? I've really, really enjoyed uh, running in this and thought they've done a really, 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 really good job. Um, all right. I'd probably say the last one is is probably a, a tie. No, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it to the Rebellion Pro. I'm going to give it because I appreciate the geometry changes. I can't take that shoe for super long periods because of that medial cutout and just I'm just 
this that was about center. I was going to say I'm a slightly unstable person as it is, um, not in that way, but um, I think it's really cool to watch that. It's been a really fun shoe to experiment with going, what can this handle? And the durability has actually been surprisingly good, which is a very rare feature in a lot of super shoes. So I would say those are my top five, but I think those are going to drastically change. Um, not because they're not good, because we also got some great stuff coming out too that I cool. can't talk about. Great. I'll go next. Um, I've got my top five laid out in order here. So prepared. <laughs> hopefully Ooh, the data is prepared. <laughs> Just throwing shade. Uh, so speaking of boring shoes, uh, my number five is in the daily training category. It's the Topo Phantom 3. Um, the reason I picked this shoe, I just it's, it fits my foot really well. So I love Topo Fit for myself, um, especially after my foot injury. I like the wider base. Zip foam is pretty standard EVA. It's kind of in that midpoint of soft and firm. I like the flexibility, but still a little bit of rigidity. And I mostly use it for easy days, but also just being on my feet. So like I like having a shoe that I can use like at work and just walking around and that kind of stuff. So that's what this shoe has kind of fit for me. My number four is in the racing realm. It's the Vaporfly Next Percent 3. Or do they drop the Next Percent? Vaporfly 3. It's hard not to pick a shoe that you ran a really good race in. So I kind of re-entered the racing scene a little bit this year after some time off and ran a 20K in this shoe. Um, and ran what, if I would have ran another 0.8 miles, I would have PR'd my half marathon. So it was really fun to get back in a shoe. And it just feels real. it feels so light. They opened up the toe box a little bit, it feels like. So that felt really good for me and just feels like it continues to move forward. Um, doesn't feel like it wastes any like nothing feels wasted on this shoe. So I really like that. Um, my next one, we're dipping into the trails. Um, I've been doing a bit more trail running this year. I'm doing the parts of the ice age trail, which is like a thousand mile trail through, uh, Wisconsin. It's pretty cool. Um, and it's the ultra glide from Solomon, uh, ultra glide two. So this one, I, I have loose ankles just from lots of sprains. And so when I take a shoe out and I don't roll my ankle, I'm pretty pumped about it. And that's been the case for this one. I've taken it on a 15 miler and then a 13 mile trail run. And it's just been great. It's got relatively shallow lugs. So for like super muddy stuff, it's not as great, but it's just got a very smooth geometry. It's got, again, nothing super fancy here, but the the transitions between are really nice. And I like that it's not too soft because when I'm too soft on the trail, I just feel lost. So I feel grounded enough in this shoe and it's been been really nice. There's another trail shoe that we'll see by the end of the year which one I end up choosing. But as for now, it's, it's this one. Uh, my number two is one that Matt said. It's the Kinvara Pro. I've gotten 65 or so miles on this. Um, and I just did yesterday... I did a 16 and a half mile run, which is my longest run in two years. Um, and I feel great today, like no soreness at all. Um, and it, it felt really good. The cushioning for me just works really well. The, the stiffness um, paired with the geometry, I kind of mentioned that's what I look for. It all just lines up for my foot and my mechanics. So I just, I don't feel any clunkiness when I land or when I'm rolling through. Um, so this one has just worked really well for me at those kind of easy paces. I've also taken this on some harder fart looks and like a pretty hard three mile tempo and it kept up it, but it did feel a little bottom heavy. So I like this more for like when I feel beat up, I go use it for that. When I want to go do a long run, this is what I'm reaching for. So I bet by the end of the year, I'll have like more miles on this shoe than probably anything else, um, unless something else comes out that that usurps the position that this one's sitting in for me. 
Um, and then my last one is my top daily trainer so far this year, um, which feels, again, maybe a little boring, but it's the Clifton 9. And again, this one, um, you know, I think... I didn't know much about it when it got shipped to my door and I put it on, I went for a run. I'm like, why does this actually feel bouncy? And I feel like the new foam is updated just enough that I felt a little bit of pop. And so I just like throwing this on for, for daily runs, even just like not the super slow recovery stuff, but just a little bit of extra effort. I feel like it gives me that little extra pop fits my foot. Well, geometry is, I guess all of mine have a pretty similar geometry uh, to them. So I, but Clifton nine um, has been another one for me. All right, David, you're up. You're the third person here today. All right. Well, I mean, I'm a little less prepared than Nate, but um, mine, <laughs> my first one has a decent amount of traction, pretty good upper security, not a lot of stretch to it, decent lockdown, never goes out of style. I'm going to have to go with the Adidas Grand Court. I feel, <laughs> I feel, like, I feel like that's a solid one. Like, no matter the year, the small updates they make, like, that's always a top five. Like, look at that. Like, Dude, that's my that's my track workout shoe. That is a flat in the making. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. <laughs> okay, in all seriousness, I, I I'm not prepared for this at all. But um, as far as looking at top five, ah, uh, Nathan's judging me. Okay, cool. No, judging we, we, we always do something? this live. Why would we ever do this prepared? Nate's a square. Cotter, yeah. I have spent weeks, maybe months, preparing for this, and I I'm. <laughs> This is just embarrassing. Uh, it's normal. <laughs> I definitely did not prepare for this ten minutes before this podcast. That was yeah, never yeah. happened. Makes me Absolutely feel better. Ever. It's <laughs> uh, amazing. Oh man! All right, lay it all on right, us, David. Right. What do you got? Come on. In the it's uh, just going to be five more casual shoes. <laughs> I do have a pair of Puma suede's right here, but <laughs> I will not I'm pull waiting. that. <laughs> So in the, yeah, do you have the fast? You have the fast star with the suede upper. No, that sounds <laughs> awesome. I would love that, Todd. If you're out there, um, make let's, it happen. This. let's go, Todd. Yeah, come make on, this man. I was literally looking at that shoe right like now, Todd, five like... minutes before. <laughs> five minutes before we were on this, I was looking at that shoe. I'm like, oh, that's not, oh, it's three hundred dollars. Like, oh, uh, can I find that on eBay? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for number five, I'm gonna have to go Saucony Ride 16. I think it's in the honor of the boring shoes, but it works and it doesn't break. It's durable. It works with my mechanics. There was a couple of small things they did to the upper to make that lockdown a little bit better. They changed the traction profile underfoot. As far as the overall package goes, it just made it a little bit smoother for me. Nothing huge, but it's a solid update, and it's something that works for me, and it's something I find that keeps going on my feet. So for that reason, it's in my top five. Uh, number four, let me see here. I think number four I don't actually have next to me, but for similar reasons, I'm going to go with the Nike Vaporfly Next% Percent 3. Um, small updates again i mean they changed the upper they've made it a little bit more airy the lockdown got a little better the heel lockdown wasn't great on the two for me so for me like it made the shoe a little bit more dialed in it made it just respond a little bit better for me from a geometry standpoint the traction was improved in the forefoot small improvements but it made a big difference in the experience and so for me i'm gonna have to go nike vaporfly next percent three for number four this number did they officially drop the next percent i don't know i'm gonna keep saying it connor do you know (laughs) 
As, as far as I know, it's still there. Um, okay. But I think, uh, yeah, it goes back and forth. You know, you never Great. know with Nike. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Next one up. I feel like I'm just, like, on repeat here, man. I don't know. I'm going to go Topo <laughs> Phantom 3. That's okay. That's a shoe that I'm also liking a lot. It's just, it's so simple, but it works. Like, it's a balanced profile, very, like, just gentle rocker. It's still flexible. Natural transitions, wide toe box, upper has good security. I just like running daily miles in that shoe, and it doesn't seem to ever get boring. I mean, like, it's, again, boring in the nicest way. Like, I I get rhythmic. I forget about what I'm doing. The shoe works. All right, on to the exciting stuff. So number two, I actually, that's a lie. I got top six, I guess. I don't know. There's there's a shoe I can't talk about. I guess that makes it seven. But (laughs) uh, number two, I'm going to say the Saucony Endorphin Elite. So the Saucony Endorphin Elite, I mean, now my marathon PR is in this shoe. Um, I think it's a solid step in the right direction for the company. I think they're playing with midsoles. They're playing with geometry. They're really taking a look at how this affects things, whether it's from a metabolic efficiency standpoint versus the transitions later in the race versus the field testing, I think it's a pretty large step away from the traditional kind of um, model of doing things. And it, and it differentiates itself from the rest of the endorphin line. You know, it's definitely its own shoe. And I think it's, it's pretty baller to go out there and just be like, all right, this is a new racing shoe. And like, this is the other one that's the people's champ. But like, we're going to make this one for, you know, whoever this may respond for. And for those who it does work for, it's going to be awesome. And I tend to be one of the ones that actually responded to it. So I actually really like the shoe, and it's a fun shoe for long, rhythmic, but fast efforts. So brand new model, number two. The number one for me right now, actually, and I'll have a bonus one in here. Don't worry. But (laughs) Um, this is another shoe that it's a second line of the shoe, Um, but they progressed it. They put a P-Bax midsole in it. No plate. Relatively flexible up front. Locked down upper. A shoe I can do literally anything I want in. And it is just like one of the most fun shoes on the planet that I've been able to run in. And I just have so much joy running in the shoe. And that's the Topo Cyclone 2. Like I, if you asked me at the beginning of 2023, like would I have two Topo shoes in the top five? I'd say absolutely not. You know, like, I just, I wouldn't think that, like, it not no knock on Topo, but I just wouldn't really think that to be in my top five. But the Topo Cyclone 2 has been a shoe. I've literally run 62, 63 second quarters in this shoe, and I've run long tempos, you know, like, probably nine, 10 mile tempos at like 520, 530 pace in this shoe as well. And it's a shoe I can literally whatever I want in, run easy runs, run hill repeats, run on the track in. And if I have to pack one shoe with me when I'm going somewhere, like this is probably going to be that shoe. And so it's very versatile. It's still forgiving. It's not like super high up, but there's still enough cushioning. I want to say it's 27 millimeters of stack, I want to say. Um, so it's just a fun, balanced shoe. I kind of think of that same category of like the New Balance Rebel or like just those non-plated, but they still have a fun foam in there and they're a little bit flexible, just fun, dynamic, versatile shoes. But for whatever reason, that shoe works with my mechanics and it's actually quite durable. I have not been able to beat it into the ground yet and I've been running a lot of miles in it. So um, I've been very happy with my experience in that shoe. So that has been a fun one to have on there. 
Other one on there, bonus, Takumi Sen 9, Adidas. I'm a three-stripe guy, I will say that. Um, but they changed the upper a little bit. The lockdown's better. The experience is better. The traction has always been solid on that shoe. It's responsive. It's fast. Same idea, except it's a little bit faster. So that's like the, like I can run, I can race a 5k, 10k, maybe even a half marathon. I did dabble the idea of racing a half marathon in that. And I am still dabbling the idea of racing a half marathon in that. So solid shoe. Great. All right, so what we really are here for is to hear Connor's top five. Yes. Again, yes. the person who's ran in more shoes than any of us. Um, and so, you know, Connor, let us let us hear what you're thinking about this year in 2023. What do you, what do you got? Yeah, you know, there, there has been so much great stuff that's came out and then also still a lot to come. So uh, it is a little bit challenging, but I'll start off with the shoe that I've probably got the most miles in. You can see here, I got my original pair of the Nimbus 25s that I got maybe 600, 700 miles on, uh, probably back this past summer. And then uh, Bob hooked me up with a second pair a few months ago that I've already gotten maybe another 300 miles in. So Nimbus 25, I mean, look, Asics has come in hot in every single avenue over the past year or two. And the Nimbus is so great because... I'm a high cushion guy. I like soft. I like uh, a good amount of cushioning underfoot. And the Nimbus just, they nailed the foam. Uh, They nailed the geometries. For easy running, it just feels easy. Um, I think if you've been a loyal Nimbus runner or just looking for max cushioning, Nimbus 25 is probably right up there as, in my opinion, the best on the market. I, I would put more V4 as a very close... Uh, competitor, but that's 2022. So we'll move past that. Uh, Second, you know, and there's no particular order here, but I'm going to echo what we've heard a lot already. The Vaporfly 3, Vaporfly Next Percent 3. I mean, look, Nike led the charge in the super shoe world. Every year they've been just a little bit ahead of everyone. And I still think with the Vaporfly, there's going to be that slight lean. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it's got the hype. So you're going to see it a lot on the feet of people on Marathon Day. But you're also going to see it on the feet because it executes. And I think David made a really good point on it didn't necessarily revolutionize the shoe, but it just made small little tweaks that you know, every little percent uh, of efficiency is going to be really important on race day. And I, I think, in my opinion, it felt just a little bit softer. Um, the fit's really good. And, you know, for marathon 26 miles, when you're on your feet for that long, you want every advantage. You put in all the training. So Vaporfly 3 is still going to be my top super shoe with a, a few uh, a few other brands that are getting really close and I think in the future, you know, a year, two years down the road, it might be another, que- uh, it might, you know, be up for debate if Nike is going to stay uh, the leader. But for now, I will give it to Nike. Uh, number three, I'm in the same vein with Nike, what they did on the road. I'm going to bring it back to the trail. Oh, man. And oh, we're going to go to the is. Nike Ultrafly. So this huh. is battle worn. Uh, you know, the Zoom X in this foam feels really, really good. It's, it actually has a slightly different feel than what you get in the Vaporfly. You know, they, they have a slight different formulation to cater it for the trails, but I think that's good. You, you don't, I, I was a little worried with Zoom X if it was going to be stable enough on the trail, and this shoe delivers. You know, we already have seen two of the top three finishers at Western State wore Ultrafly. Um, 
It's responsive. The plate works really well to adapt on the trail. It's got a pretty good amount of stack, but surprisingly, it doesn't feel like a bulky, high-stack shoe. Real good lockdown. And then the one thing that everyone's going to be talking about, yes, we finally did it. We got the Vibram outsole. (laughs) So no more. I don't want to hear any more in the comments that they're slipping in the Nike shoes. They're ice skating out on the trails. You got a Vibram rubber, and man, this thing sticks. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the trail side of super shoes, but I think Nike has now taken the lead. All right, we're going to move on to shoe number four. And, you know, I'll give this one to the Boston 12, uh, a new release and an interesting shoe because I think the Boston went down the wrong road. You know, the Boston was a very versatile performance shoe for 10 years And once we saw Boston 10, it got all that extra stack. It did the energy rods. And I think I was wondering, is this still even a Boston at this point? Because it was almost a new shoe. And I think, you know, I tested an early Boston 10 and it was a little bit softer. And I thought it was going to be a really good shoe. Once we got the Boston 10, it came in a little bit firmer. And a lot of people said they had to get a 50, maybe 100 miles in the shoe till it felt good. Same thing kind of with the Boston 11. Once the Boston 12 came out and I got on my foot, there is so much more Light Strike Pro in the shoe. And then there's just this small carrier of the Light Strike 2.0. Now, Light Strike 2.0 is softer. And I think because it's softer, it works really well with the Light Strike Pro to give a more softer, bouncier feel. It's got the new energy rod system that they learned from the Audios Pro that's full length. So I think... You know, it's an interesting shoe. The only negative, we, we just did a review on it. The only negative that I have is I have a hard time figuring out exactly what to use it for because it does so many things really well. But as someone like me who's got 150 shoes in my closet, I find a lot of shoes that have just that little bit better for workout day, just that little bit better for daily training. So it is a jack of all trades. Um, I think the, the one place I do find it's really good is uh, if you're looking for a little bit faster long run, something where you want an efficient, fast shoe, a lot of cushioning, um, but you're also, you know, you're going seven, six, maybe dipping under six minute pace near the end. All right. Shoe number five is another really, you know, actually, I guess, has it technically released yet? I, it's going to be here any day now is going to be the Cielo Road. Now, Hoka has been out of the picture for a long time. You know, know, Hoka is such a relevant brand, and they make such good shoes, and they were ahead in the max cushioning side for so long, but for some reason, they chose to slack a little bit on the super foam. So we saw every shoe company, even, you know, we're talking about Mizuno here. They even have... The super foam. Finally, Hoka comes in with the Piba base foam. And I think the weight was worth it because I think they did a really good job with this shoe. And I think it shows what's to come from Hoka. I think if we look at like the the most improved in terms of foam compound in different models, when you have Mach X, Cielo Road, Cielo X, um, you know, a lot of good stuff coming from Hoka in that Piba based um, ballpark. But Going back to the Cielo Road, I think it's interesting because 
We haven't seen a lot of shoes in that low stack hype for super shoes. And the ones that have come out, I'm not sure if they've executed quite to what you would think uh, a super shoe could be that's that lightweight. Now, I think with that being said, the Cielo Road still has room to grow, and I think there's still a lot more that can be done in this space. But I think they executed well. They did not put a plate in the shoe. It has that Peebo-based foam, a real track spike-like upper. So I think if you're looking for a shoe that is nimble, you know, maybe you're running a 5K, 10K with a lot of tight turns, you're going to feel a lot more confident in these shoes. And since you don't have that plate, I think it just, you feel a little bit more connected with the ground. Um, I also think it's a really versatile shoe. Uh, It is great for those fast days, but I think you're going to bring them out for workout days. And I think even just for... I don't know. Uh, I, I've brought it out for a couple easy days where I just pick it up a little bit. And surprisingly, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for that, but I think it shows the versatility of the shoe. And, you know, it is a low to the ground racing flat, but you go back a few years, that would have been a highly cushioned shoe. Oh, so, totally. um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really interesting that that rounds out my five, but I, I will just say to another one that I think I've been bringing out quite a bit and maybe didn't hit as my very top. And I think maybe some of the shoes have been out for a little bit, but probably the top brand that came in hot, the new brand, I think is Puma. And Puma has really come in hot. And there's very rarely do you see a brand go from zero to, you know, 60 real quick. And it's, I I, I think what they're doing in terms of foam compounds, plates, unique avenues in terms of finding shoes. Yes, fast fast forward forward right there is just a great example of finding niches and creating unique product that is going to fill that void. And, you know, fast forward, there's nothing on the market that's quite like that. And when we talk about uh, close to the ground shoes, I think if we did go Cielo Road versus fast forward, if I was looking peak, peak 5K, I'd give the lean to the fast forward because you have to be a extremely efficient runner to wear that shoe. And it's not going to work for everyone. Uh, you know, I think probably 90% of the runners out there, I don't know if I could recommend the shoe for, maybe even more. But if you are, you know, maybe a high, high-end high high school, high-end high cross uh, college, uh, post-collegiate, uh, trying to break 15 in the 5K, I think it's a really, really cool shoe. Um, and, and, you know, Puma's just been doing that in terms of marathon in terms of stability shoes that are using inherent stability to do different things. So um, I'll, I'll give the lean to Puma, and I, I think we're going to see some big things come over the next year or two. Cool. So I have a couple questions for you. Yeah. Now, there we go. We got yeah. we got the GOAT's top five for the year. Um, I also love that you have like a 1,000 miles on the Nimbus 25. Oh, That's like easy. my favorite thing. I, we've We've all enjoyed that. Well, David, you may have enjoyed it the least of yeah, all of us. Yeah, um, that's okay, though. Yeah, but I know Matt and I have had a good time in that shoe. It's a little soft for me, but I love that, you you know, when somebody puts in that amount of miles in something, that's when, that's for me, that's how I like pick what's my top shoe of the year. Well, the one that I (laughs) I ran the most in, you know. Um, I had a couple questions for you because there's uh, some shoes that we haven't tested yet and we don't have a lot of time, but we'd love to get your thoughts on it. The first is on the the Ultrafly um, Mm -hmm. in the 
trail scene. So how would you compare that to probably the only, one of the only other super shoes out there um, or super foams on the trail, which is the Endorphin Rift um, and the Endorphin uh, Edge too. So the Edge is the one with the, with the plate. Um, how would you compare those two models to each other? Yeah, well, and I mean, even to look at what we've seen on the trail side, you have seen Tecton, maybe not a true super foam, but a carbon-plated shoe. North Face has uh, a few shoes that have a more supercritical foam with plates. So we're starting to see it a little bit more on the trail side. Kraft has a few uh, as well. Um, but I think if we're going to compare it, I think the Endorphin Edge, uh, and I haven't done much in the Rift, but those two are... I, I think also the leaders because they have that full length super foam. You get that responsiveness. I think it's close, but I I do give the lean to the vapor or to the ultrafly because I think the foam just feels a little bit better on foot. Um, I also think with both of those shoes, though, they surprisingly work really well for the road and the trail. So I, a lot of times I find if a trail a really good trail shoe can sometimes work well on the roads, and I, I think both of the case is there. Um, I, I think, though, when we look at the plate, uh, I, they, I believe they both have a forked plate, so a similar philosophy. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the Edge has the forked as well, I believe. I think they do. They have the yeah. Carbotex one that has flex right. in one direction. It's, a, it's not just your, like, it's not the same plate they use on the road, so I know they've right. done some... And, and, and I think that's where we talk about... The trails gets tricky because you're on varied terrain. Things are unstable, so you have to do different things with the plate. Um, and I think over the years, we're going to see it get fine-tuned better and better and work as a suspension system on the trails. Um, so I think Edge and Ultrafly, very close. Now, I would probably recommend people to try both because it's going to come down to fit and how it works with your gait. I think for myself personally, the Ultrafly just worked a little bit better um, and I'm, I'm just a sucker for the swoosh. It looks great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I, I think it does get tricky on the trails. Um, but it, it's interesting and you're going to start seeing that now with ultra marathoners seeing what was done in the road and how do you get that efficiency? Because if we look at the marathon, we look at the 5k, people are looking at a dragonfly and how many seconds can I get? Then you go to the marathon and that just accumulates because 26 miles, if you can get a second or two per mile, you know, that could be another minute off your time. Then you go a hundred mile race or maybe even a 200 mile race. I mean, how much that's going to add up, uh, the efficiencies make such a big difference. So, um, is it a coincidence that two of the top three, uh, were wearing Ultrafly? And I think it's also worth noting the winner was wearing the Adidas super shoe, um, the super trail shoe. So again, super foam plate. So it's, it's going to continue to be seen on the ultra marathon scene. And I, I think we're basically at the point where super shoes are going to be needed, at least for a more runnable course, like Western States. When you talk, start talking about UTMB and really, really rough trails, then the conversation changes a little bit because stability is even more needed. So long, long answer, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think both shoes are really good, and it'll be exciting to see where the foams and plates continue to move. That's great. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> I, I, that's all I have from my end. 
We are so glad that you came to join us for this conversation. We knew we, we like to do this every year. People like to hear, hey, what's mid-year update? How are things going? And we thought it'd be really fun to have you on with us. Um, <clears throat> appreciate your perspective, the way that you really put things through their paces, uh, the way that you've, I mean, you have a way with describing shoes just because you've tried so many and you've had to create so much content. You have a great way of, of communicating what a shoe is like. And I, my opinion, and I think our opinion, that despite the fact that you work for a company that, like you said, sells shoes, I think that your words are trustworthy. And I think that's a valuable thing to have um, in somebody who sits in the position you do. So thanks for your work and uh, thanks for joining us today too. If you want to find Connor, um, you can see him on his personal account, which is Blaze Runs. Um, so you can find him using that. And then obviously, if you want to be following what he's doing through his work, uh, you can follow uh, Running Warehouse on Instagram and YouTube and all of the social media stuff, and you'll you'll definitely see his face there. So, Connor, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, it was a pleasure having you. Yeah, thank you. I, I just want to end this by saying, you know, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. You know, I love talking shoes, and I, I love talking with sh- people that are as excited about shoes as I am, as you guys are. So. That's fun. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate the kind words and I'm looking forward to doing this again. You know, this hour just flew by and uh, I think we got to we got to keep this conversation going because the people the people need to hear what's the next greatest. And uh, you guys deliver. Great. I'd love it. Thank you. All right. Have we'll a see great you night. Soon. Bye.